Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another edition of the Burning It Down Racing Podcast. My name is Bryson Foster, and I'm once again joined by... Joshua Slate. Great to have you back again, Josh. Two weeks in a row. Man, this this feels good to be talking some more NASCAR with you. Without further ado, let's get into it. we got a lot to talk about in a busy weekend. Once again at Daytona, on the road course. And Friday night, it all started off with Ben Rhodes going back-to-back by winning the truck race at the road course. Ben Rhodes, I wouldn't say was the most dominant truck at all in that race. But he was there at the right time, played his cards right. And Ben Rhodes has gone back-to-back for Thor Sport in the 99. Then Saturday, Ty Gibbs gets his first career win in the Xfinity Series. That was good to see. That young man had never raced in the Xfinity Series, didn't even have practice, had never been on that course. And he wins the race. I mean, one start, one career win. Good to see for Ty Gibbs. And then Christopher Bell. Followed it up with another win for Joe Gibbs Racing in the 20. He wins the cup race. Uh, he had to hold off a hard charging Joey Logano. Got around him. And, you know, old tires versus new tires there. Logano just couldn't keep up with him anymore. So, Josh, what are your first impressions from these three guys winning these races? Uh, what are your big takeaways from these three races this weekend? Well, from the truck race, I don't think it's a real surprise that Ben Rhodes won. He obviously won last week. He's a proven winner in NASCAR, so cool for him to get a season kicked or started off on a um, good note. Uh, Ty Gibbs coming up completely skipping the truck series, hopping right into Xfinity, like you said, no practice, no qualifying, no nothing. He comes in there, goes and wins the race in his first start. I know that's a special moment for Joe Gibbs and another High point for Joe Gibbs a weekend. Christopher Bell wins his first race in the NASCAR Cup Series. I was rooting for him. It's cool to see these uh, young guys get their first career wins. Last week we had it with Michael McDowell. This week we have it with Christopher Bell. And it's awesome. He showed excitement. Ty Gibbs showed excitement. Ben Rhodes, they all like just showed so much excitement. And that's what the sport needs. It needs to show how much winning means. And it's a... Uh, really good for an improved TV audience to see the emotion right out of the car and uh, these new guys winning. Yeah, I agree with you. Ben Rhodes, that switch to Toyota, is already proving wonders for Thor Sport. And Ben Rhodes is driving really well. Uh, he's not driving as aggressive as he did last year. Um, he's just taking his time, driving really relaxed. Ty Gibbs, I'm not really surprised that he got in and won. I mean, he had eight wins in the ARCA series last year. So he made 28 starts in that series. That's a pretty good winning percentage. And Christopher Bell, I don't think it's going to be his last win of the season. Um, he looked very confident in the car. And, you know, I was very skeptical of, you know, this move. I was saying, you know, I think Eric Jones just needs some more time. Well, Joe Gibbs knew what he was talking about when he made the switch. Uh, Christopher Bell gets the win. So anyways, let's move on to some of the storylines from the race, uh, from the truck race. John Hunter Nemechek led 14 laps. He won a stage and looked like the dominant truck. He had some issues there for a while. Came back at the end of the race, finishing third. Looked like he could have won that race. I mean, he was on some new tires, uh, but he doesn't. He comes home third, and Sheldon Creed comes home second. He led 17 laps, um, had no sponsor on the truck. Believe it or not, the defending champion did not have a sponsor uh, but that's pretty much what happened there. And also Rafael Lazard winning another stage for GMS. He's had a good switch over there. What do you say, Josh? 
Yeah, he really started to pick up speed towards the end of last season. Obviously got his win at Talladega last fall, but at points I thought he was going to go up there and contend for the win. And wouldn't have surprised me because he's just a really good race car driver. I'm uh, glad he made the switch to GMS. I don't think KBM has been where it used to be when it had the Byron's, uh, Eric Jones's, and Christopher Bell's. But GMS has proven to be the premier team in the truck series. And I think Rafael Lasard can really make a name for himself and work up the ladder from there. Yeah, I totally agree with you. He raced well on the oval, raced well on the road course. Of course, he's, you know, I would say if you had to say there's a road course ringer in trucks, he would probably be the closest thing to it. But good to see for Rafael Lazard, good young guy there, uh, performing well. Also in the Xfinity race, I know we talk about Ty Gibbs, but he had to earn that win. That wasn't a race where he got out in front and just dominated. No, he had to earn that win racing against Xfinity regular Austin Sendrick. Um, Josh, I don't know about you, but I want to see more of Ty Gibbs. No, he's got some more races scheduled, but hey, I would just say put him in the 54 full-time, let him race for points. I wouldn't mind that. I just think he needs some time. Uh, I hate seeing drivers get rushed up. I think he should climb the ladder because I think it doesn't matter what people think, but if he goes straight to Gibbs and races Xfinity, there's often going to be the talk, oh, he doesn't deserve this ride. And from his interview the other day, it sounds like he wants to deserve it. He wants to climb up the ladder, doesn't want to just get the ride because of his last name. So I think he'll probably make the climb from trucks. But that 54 lineup this year is stacked. They got Denny Hamlin in some races, Truex, Kyle Busch, Ty Gibbs, Ty Dillon, a bunch of big-name drivers coming in that 54 car, and I think it's going to pull in a lot of wins. It's already got one in the first two races. The other one ended up uh, crashing out at Daytona. But Ty Gibbs is good, and that battle versus Sendrick was fantastic. I really didn't think Sendrick would have anything since he was missing the right front quarter panel, but he went and did it, and uh, they put on a show out there. That Ty Gibbs, he... uh, he put a, made that pass through the grass, and I don't know how it didn't tear up the splitter, but what a move. It ended up getting him the win. Yeah, you're talking about Austin Cedric's torn-up splinter. Well, let me tell you why that happened, right? Uh, he was racing A.J. Allmendinger for the stage win. There's a lot of bumping and banging. Josh, I want to get your opinion on that, but a lot of bumping and banging there. Cedric wrecks Dinger pretty much. At least that's what it looked like at first glance. And then... Almondinger's day was pretty much done. I mean, he got back out there, but he was nowhere near as competitive as he was at the beginning of the race. Josh, what do you think about this? Already two races in, we're having a little bit of a dispute between two of the top drivers in the series. Yeah, I think it's interesting because you got a really young guy in Austin Sendrick, and you got an older, more experienced veteran in A.J. Almondinger. But they said it yesterday in the interviews with him Chris Rice was like it's a long season like we have a lot to work for and I think that's gonna be something that carries over with AJ Allmendinger as well he's been in the cup series he's been through all of it and he knows what he needs to do to get through a season and try to battle for a championship Austin Sendrick he's young he wants to push he wants to go out there and race aggressive and I think AJ Allmendinger is just going to take the smarter approach to it and race him how he wants to be races I think if Cindric does some stuff more in the future, ends up dumping him and everything, I think then there's going to be a problem between the two. But I think AJ Allmendinger is going to take the high road, going to kind of play it smart, and I don't really think we'll see a rivalry. As cool as a rivalry would be, I don't think it's going to happen. 
Yeah, I agree with you. You know, at first glance, I thought Cedric spun him, but then you kind of looked at the replay. Dinger was blocking hard. I think it was a racing deal, to be honest with you. At first, I'm like, what is Cedric doing? Why is he wrecking him? It's only for the first stage. But to be honest with you, yeah, I just think it was a racing deal. I think Dinger knows that. He's been around a long time. He knows when to differentiate between when he's getting dumped and when he's racing hard. And I think that's why there wasn't much after this, because Dinger knew that he was blocking hard, and they just were getting into it trying to win the stage. Also yesterday, Chase Elliott, who you know is the road course ringer for the Cup Series, he's looking to win five straight races on a road course. Sadly, he wasn't able to. He had a dominant day, though, led 44 laps, won a stage, but he comes up short. And there at the end, he made some mistakes. He had to save it from, you know, wrecking there at one point in time. He gets back up. He's racing for, you know, a top five, maybe even a top three sort of thing. And Diddy Hamlin bumps him from behind and spins him out. Again, don't really know if this was a racing deal. You know, these two have had uh, spats before. It's not anything new. Uh, Josh, what do you think about this? You know, I, I, I saw it first, thought Hamlin spun him. Do you think that this will reignite? No, it's early in the season, but, you know, I'm sure Elliott will probably have on the back of his mind, if Hamlin's in front of him in the playoffs, what he did maybe at the road course. I don't think Chase Elliott has a reason to be mad. If anything, it's Brad Kozlowski checking up in front of him. But I knew as soon as it happened, I'd go on Twitter, go on social media. It's going to be like, all. Oh, Denny Hamlin wrecked him again. All oh, Brad Kozlowski caused a incident, but I don't think it's what happened. It's just road course racing. Brad Kozlowski got loose, obviously couldn't get the traction down, and ended up checking up. Hamlin wanted to go, and Chase Elliott was just unfortunately the car right there stuck in the middle and getting the uh, short end of the stick. But I don't know. Could we see a rivalry? Same incident, uh, same scenario with uh, Austin Dillon or shoot Austin Cindric versus AJ Allmendinger. You got a veteran and a young guy. Chase Elliott's really aggressive. Denny Hamlin's really aggressive. But at the end of the day, Denny Hamlin has more experience. Denny Hamlin knows what he needs to do to put himself in position to go after a championship. And Chase Elliott still is the young guy in the field. So I think Denny Hamlin, like A.J. Allmendinger's, going to take the high road if anything were to happen. Because I don't think I think it was just a racing deal. I don't think it was meant to like cause any harm or just cause to wreck him because they were both having really good days. Yeah, I agree with you. You know, at, at the same point in time, like you said on Twitter, I know people are probably saying, well, Hamlin wrecked Elliot." Well, I'm sure Elliot fans go, it's always Denny Hamlin. And Denny Hamlin fans are always like, it's always Chase Elliott that is involved, that is in the way. It's just a very interesting thing. I don't think it'll um, cause anything early in the season. But like I said, both need that last spot to get into the playoffs or to move on to the next round. I think uh, I think Chase Elliott will remember it for sure. Moving on to Kyle Larson, what a day for him! I mean, he's come out of nowhere. He almost missed a full season. Runs well at the 500, gets a top 10. Was running well at the road course, was third. Looked like he could have won the race, and then he just lost it. Tried to go into a turn too fast, didn't get on the brakes, and just wrecked. He finishes 30th. But again, Kyle Larson raced well yesterday. Do not let that 30th place finish fool you. He was up front. He was racing hard. He got stage points yesterday. Just the wrong place at the wrong time. Just made one mistake, and that was pretty much his day. But Josh, what do you think about Kyle Larson? Coming out of nowhere, he's dominating these two races, right? He's racing well. He's getting through pretty much the whole race, you know, except for the mistake yesterday. 
Um, I'm excited to see what Kyle Larson's got for the rest of the season. And I think he'll be in victory lane multiple times. Yeah, we talked about it earlier, and I was saying Hendrick Motorsports is going to have a fantastic year. Uh, Larson in contention for a win yesterday along with Chase Elliott. Alex Bowman had a rough day, but William Byron still showed some speed. And uh, I'd say Elliot, or William Byron and Alex Bowman are both kind of dark horse road course racers. So I think with all the road courses, it kind of falls into Hendrick Motorsports' hands. But uh, Kyle Larson, if it wasn't for that spin, he would have probably got a top five, if not a top three. I don't think anybody was beating Bell on the, the short run of the finish. But uh, like you said, Kyle Larson, really good day. Really good day, 10 of 500. And he's going to be a winner by the end of the year. We touched on Elliott coming up uh, short after leading 44 laps. But let's talk about another Chevy. Kurt Busch leading the race, runs off the track. On his way back through, runs off the track again. He just ha- couldn't catch a break. Ended up coming away with a top 10 finish. So give me your opinion on Kurt Busch. Could he be a uh, road course winner by the time the season's over? I don't really know if, if he'll win a road course, but it was fascinating to see. He finishes fourth, gets stage points in both stages. But, I mean, if you're like me watching the race, I just found it very comical. He drives off barely you know i mean of course some dirt comes up on the one lap comes around again and just totally misses the turn <laughs> drives into the grass and you're almost like what is kurt bush doing uh but yeah i do think kurt bush um great run yesterday gets a fourth place finish uh it was a pretty comical moment for sure um i, I do think kurt bush has a good chance to win some more road courses never really have thought of him as a good road course driver but he's doing really well. Um, you know, he led two laps yesterday. Man, Kurt Busch, make sure not to miss the turn next time, though. Uh, on to the next segment. We're going to talk about some news um, from this past weekend and in the following races to come. Uh, first up, John Hunter Nemechek will run in some Xfinity Series races this year in the number 26 for Sam Hunt Racing. Uh, this will take place at Dover on May 15th. Man, Josh, it's good to see John Hunter Nemechek back up in the Xfinity Series. He had a lot of success there. Multiple race winner in the Xfinity Series. Sadly, though, he's driving for Sam Hunt Racing. We'll have to see, you know, how well they get their equipment up. Uh, But John Hunter Nemechek is just one of those guys that can hop in and do anything. What are your expectations for him when he drives at Dover for Sam Hunt Racing? Well, my expectations are he's going to come away with a win in the Truck Series the day before. Or I think it's a double header that week. Don't you got to fact check me on that? But the twenty six for Sam Hunt Racing isn't known to be a extremely fast car. It's a mid pack team, probably battling with the Ryan Siegs or Brandon Browns. But John Hunter Nemechek's a talented race car driver. Like you said, he's won races on the trucks level on Xfinity, and he's raced a full season in Cup. And it's kind of cool seeing him come back to pretty much start over his career. And it's a really mature move from him because he knows that's the best option for him. And uh, I think we'll have a pretty good show at Dover, and I'm excited to see him getting these rides and trying to work himself back up the ladder. Yeah, it almost reminds me of when, you know, Chase Elliott drove for GMS in the 23. They weren't a very good Xfinity Series team by any means. This was before, you know, now they're only a truck team. But I think it's, you know, pretty cool to see John Hunter Nemechek Uh, get in. Like you said, I mean, it's John Hunter Nemechek. He's going to put that car in a position to be competitive in that race. Maybe not win it, but definitely be up front uh, for a little bit of it as well. 
Uh, also, Connor Daly will return. Uh, the IndyCar driver will return to drive trucks for Nice Motorsports at Las Vegas, not this weekend, but the following weekend in the 44. He did it last year. Thoughts on this, Josh? Connor Daly is a really cool guy. I've raced with him in iRacing a couple of times, and just like he just seems like an overall good guy. And uh, he races, I think, part time in the IndyCar. Cool to see him. The motorsports kind of transfer over from IndyCar to NASCAR, and him getting a shot. I think it's a really cool opportunity. We see it with Connor Daly, Travis Pastrana, Santino Ferrucci coming over and racing some races for Sam Hunt Racing later in the season. I think it's really cool to see different series of motorsports drivers come over and race in NASCAR and vice versa with Jimmy Johnson going over to IndyCar. I think it's really cool, and Connor Daly deserves it. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you. Also, Alvin Kamara sponsored Ryan Vargas in the number six car for the Xfinity Series this past weekend. Man, this is pretty cool. NASCAR's doing a great job of getting these big names from all other sports from all realms of other sports, involved. Alvin Kamara is a big NASCAR fan. He was able to sponsor Ryan Vargas, put his juice shop that he owns on the car. Um, Josh, what do you think about this? Alvin Kamara, uh, NFL football player, NFL star for the New Orleans Saints, coming over and sponsoring a NASCAR car, that's got to be pretty cool. And I'm excited to see um, what's going to come out of this for Alvin Kamara. Yeah, I think it's really cool seeing... Like I said, with the last thing, motorsports come over to support different motorsports. This one, we have NFL coming over to support NASCAR and uh, Alvin Kamara sponsoring Vargas. But this isn't the only football player we have from the NFL coming over and helping with NASCAR teams. We have Antonio Williams from Buffalo Bills sponsoring uh, Joe Graff Jr. and uh, co-owns the team that Joe Graff Jr. runs for. So it's cool seeing... uh, NFL players come over support NASCAR. We got NBA star Michael Jordan here, music stars. NASCAR is so diverse with the ownership. Anybody can come in and own a team, and anybody can just go out there and start from scratch and uh, build a legacy. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Moving on, Carvana will sponsor Jimmy Johnson in the IndyCar Series. I know Josh mentioned that. It's a perfect uh, segue into it. Man, it's going to be pretty cool. The car looks great as well. So as we move in, we're going to look at some drivers, some good runs for some small teams this weekend at Daytona. Uh, first off on the truck series, Riley Herbst. It was announced after we put the podcast out that he was going to run for DGR in the trucks. He's going to drive the 17. He did very well. He's in contention to win the race and comes home fifth. Taz Grala fills in for Young's Motorsports for uh, Chris Wright. Finishes eighth in the O2 truck. Very good. Kaz Grala is a very good road course racer. We've already seen that before. Timmy Hill gets a top 10 in the truck series as well. Good to see. Hills Motorsports, very underfunded. But Timmy Hill is one of those guys that can put the truck up in any position. And also Dawson Cram comes home with a top 20 in the 41 truck for Cram Enterprises. That is definitely good to see. Josh, tell us a little bit about some good finishes uh, in the Xfinity Series. Yeah, Virginia boy, Brandon Brown, gets his second top 10 in the Xfinity race. And I think at Daytona, he finished, uh, Daytona Oval, he finished sixth. Uh, the second race at the Daytona Road Course, finished eighth. His number 68 on his car. Coincidence, I think not. But a really good day for him. 
Landon Castle, uh, we talked about his teammate Ryan Vargas earlier. Castle ended up finishing 12th in his Xfinity Series race. Uh, AJ Allmendinger, 7th in his Cup Series debut of the season with Colleague Racing. And, uh, yeah, we're going to continue with the Cup Cup drivers. McDowell gets a second top 10 in a row with an 8th eighth place finish. Had a really hard first lap. He ended up getting into Kyle Busch and... I thought his race was over from there. I didn't think he'd be able to get back up front, but Michael McDowell surprising a lot of people yet again, getting a good finish at the road course. And Ryan Priest, ninth, and that's his second top 10 in a row. That's good for him. We talk, I talked about it last week. I think I said he needs to get, like they don't have a charter for that team. He's not guaranteed a spot in the field when there's uh, qualifying. So I think it's really cool for him to, put himself in like a good points position. And could we see that 37 car in the playoffs and the 47 not? That'd be really surprising. And I think it'd be really cool for Ryan Priest. Hasn't really shown much much success, but he's starting off the season on the right note. Yeah, it's definitely pretty cool. You know, those three guys, Dinger was up front, running well in the race, had a little bit of trouble, but seventh, a good top 10. McDowell, two top 10s in a row, like you said. Very good. You know, he's already locked in the playoffs. He's got to finish top 30. But he normally does that, and this is a great start to get that kind of cushion early. And Ryan Priest, man, such a feel-good story uh, for JTG Doherty as well. Uh, on to the rookie rundown. Not much to talk about. Again, we only have two rookies in the Xfinity Series. They both did not really run well this weekend. Anthony Alfredo finishes 22nd in the 38 for front row. And Chase Briscoe finishes 32nd. Surprisingly, though, Briscoe was up front. He was running up front. In the final restarts, his hood pops up over his windshield. He had to come in and pit, and he finishes 32nd. I think uh, once we kind of get back to normal racing, you know, the super speedway, the restrictor plate, and the road course, we're finally moving to Homestead this weekend. Um, Homestead was a pretty good race last year, uh, you know, for the most part. Kyle Busch winning the truck race, Denny Hamlin winning uh, the cup race, and then you had Chase Briscoe winning the Xfinity Series race. Going into Miami this weekend, you definitely have to watch. Well, of course, Tyler Reddick, who's really good at this track. Uh, it's one of his specialties. Chase Elliott finished second last year. Ryan Blaney finished third. Um, so it's going to be a lot going into Homestead this week. It's going to be good for some of these young guys, as well as these veterans, to get back on the Homestead Miami track. A little bit of normality, right, going back to an oval. Um, so Josh... Let's move into the show wrap-up. Josh, who you got for the Xfinity Series? I'm going to go with Justin Allgaier. Showed some speed at the Daytona Road Course, but road courses aren't his thing. But you know what is his thing? Mile and a half ovals. Justin Allgaier is going to get it done. Uh, ben picked Harrison Burton. I think that's a pretty good pick as well, the 20 car. Uh, you know, Harrison Burton drives pretty much uh, good at almost every track, so it'll be interesting to see. I'm going with Noah Gragson. The man who, you know, last year was a doubleheader in the Xfinity Series, was so good at these tracks, was leading both times. A late caution would come out, and he just wouldn't be able to hold on. I think he's going to get it done. He's had two tough weekends in a row. Daytona, and then the road course, couldn't get the car started at the beginning of the race. I think he's going to get it done, uh, and he's going to be doing it with a vengeance. Uh, Josh, who's your cut pick for this weekend? I'm going to go with Martin Truex Jr. He used to dominate the mile and a half. He didn't really do much last year, but I think he's going to go back to victory lane and start his mile and a half domination yet again. 
Uh, ben picked Kevin Harvick uh, to win the race this weekend. Good pick. He ran up front last year. Uh, I'm going with Joey Logano. Joey Logano did not finish well at Homestead last year, but he led 27 laps. He's also been the leader uh, going into the white flag of the last two weeks, and he hasn't been able to hold on. I think he'll be able to do it uh, this weekend as well. Uh, also, we are keeping score of our picks so far. Uh, ben and me are at zero, and Josh last week did not get any right either. So hopefully one of the three of us will get one pick right and get on the scoreboard. Um, hopefully we're going back to you know some normal racing, so we'll be able to get the picks a little bit more right. Anyways, Josh, it's been a pleasure uh, getting back on here and doing this with you again. Uh, any last words? No, I'm just uh, really excited to return back to Mile and a Half Oval. It's been a long time with the offseason and championship race at uh, Phoenix, now Daytona Oval, two and a half mile super speedway, and then the road course. It's been a while since we've seen a mile and a half oval, so I'm excited to get back and excited to see uh, some quote unquote cookie cutter racing. Yeah, I agree with you. It definitely will be good to get back, especially Homestead. What a, I mean, it was a good race last year. All three races were pretty good there. So, anyways, it's been a lot of fun. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the end of the episode. We thank you so much for turning in, and we will see you next time on the Burning It Down Racing Podcast.